Welcome to Frontline Nursing, a NurseMinder production that gives you an insider's look into the daily life of nursing from those who are currently working on the front lines. Whether you're considering nursing as a profession, you're currently a student, or you're a nurse in transition towards a new patient population, this show will give you some behind the scenes information to help you guide your career. Today's episode is all about working in a rural emergency hospital as an LPN. So get those note apps and pens and papers ready because today is going to be a good one. Today on Frontline Nursing, we are joined by Trista Mann, who has been working as an LPN for three years. Welcome to the show, Trista. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you here and catch up with you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to just kind of get a story about how you found nursing, what brought you towards nursing as your career. Okay, so I was a germaphobe. I'm not so bad anymore. And so I never ever thought that nursing would be something that I would enjoy. Um, however, we live on a family farm. And when I was 16 years old, my grandpa suddenly passed away at home. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, I kind of said, that's it. I want to help people because he was seen in an emergency department about six hours prior to him passing away at the farm. They didn't catch that he had an aortic aneurysm. Oh. Um, so we, that was just kind of my stuff. I'm like, that's it. I want to be a nurse, but not specifically in the emergency department that came later, but yeah, so that's kind of what fueled me. And then also I had applied for business, but chose nursing instead. So were you, um, were you approved to go into both programs in the same year and you had to make that decision? Well, actually I applied for business after I became an LPN. It was something that I had considered and I wanted to apply, but my parents said, well, it's kind of risky. You're guaranteed to get a job if you stick with nursing. So I did just because I thought, you know, maybe I would really like it. So then I became an LPN. And then while I was an LPN, I applied for business just because it really interests me. And then I decided not to go and pursue my RN instead. So okay. just kind of all over the place. I mean, that's the great thing about education is it's always there and you can always circle back to it. And in nursing today's, current political climate with all the changes and cutbacks and potential job insecurity, business and nursing would go really good together as we see more nursing entrepreneurs come forward on the scene. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely interesting. And I know that once I'm done my RN, it's always something that I can pick away at, especially through distance learning if I would like to. Yeah. So how old were you when your grandpa was misdiagnosed with an aortic aneurysm? I was 16 years old. So right around the time where I had to decide sort of what I was going to do for schooling wise. Mm -hmm. And before that nursing was not on your radar? Um, not at all. The other option was criminology. I'm interested in like crime, but didn't necessarily want to become like a police officer or anything. So that is so interesting because my first um, professional career choice was going to be a police officer. <laughs> oh, well, we have. <laughs> And I was doing all the working out and I got all the, the expectations and I saw that your eyesight had to be 20-20 and mine, I had to wear glasses at that point and I didn't want to consider laser surgery. And so I chose a different career. So that's just funny that we have some similarities in our interests and totally. both found nursing. Mm -hmm. Wow, fascinating. So you're working in a rural emergency department, which is a little different than working in an urban emergency department. Have you, um, have they shared some of the differences or did you get to work urban before you went to the rural area? I've never worked in an urban emergency department, but we often consult and send our patients there. So um, they kind of help us when we can't exactly provide the care that we 
we we can so it's so i've kind of had a touch of learning about more so what they do and a lot of my coworkers have come from an urban setting so i've just i pick their brain all the time and just try and get some stories out of them which is super interesting because it's it's completely different rural you have way less resources you rely entirely on your team and half the time there's not even a doctor in the hospital so you you start doing protocols before they even walk in the door and it's it's a ton of autonomy it's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. it is very different so talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the typical days or atypical days that you would have working in the rural emerge so I work in two different facilities which have emergency departments. The one is a lot more busy and it's got, um, it, we can basically work as an LPN in a couple different areas. So one of them, my favorite assignment is I get five emergency room patients and you will constantly do your, um, it's like a four page booklet of like a head to toe assessment, a focus assessment, and then you um, notify the doctor and then you start processing the orders and doing that and hopefully send them on their way or they get admitted. I really like that. Um, it's super busy. You almost sometimes don't get your breaks, which is okay because sometimes you feel like there's just so much to do that you can't even hand it over to somebody else. Um, but a typical day there would just be literally nonstop. If you like busy, definitely go to a rural emergency department because you will be busy. <laughs> and I, know I used to work eMERGE too. And so most of my experience is in the urban centers. And I'm wondering if it's similar to where you work in a rural in that probably about maybe 60 to 70% of your patients are what I call the walk and talk, like the street and treat or treat and street, as we would say, sorry, that they're your kind of mom and pop care where they could have been taken care of at home or in the community, but they don't know what to do. So they come in because they don't have that family around them to talk with and say, hey, I've got this headache, what do I do? And then the other 30 to 40% is that kind of mid-acute to the more high-acute patients. Do you find the same in rural? Yeah, exactly. And we do get, I would say majority of our patients could be seen in a walk-in clinic. Mm -hmm. However, in both the towns that I work, uh, the hours of the clinics are so, um, they're, they're not open on the weekends. They're not open on holidays, so definitely feel a little bit more busy on those days, especially. And um, they're not open in the evenings either. So a lot of our patients do come from that kind of, um, they're not really per se super ill. They should be presenting to an emergency department, but they do. And those are the kind of patients that you will see as an LPN in the department. They are in the one department that I'm working on, they are moving the LPNs to cardiac beds as well, but you have to have these two extra certifications, which I have both, or sorry, there's like four extra. I have three of four. So I just have to get my other one and then I can work in that area, which is super interesting because they're higher acuity and you just, you learn lots. What but, are the qualifications that you need to move from the street, I keep saying it backwards, the treat and street patients. So your triage four and fives to move into that cardiac area. What are some of those courses that you need to take? So you will need to take um, an ECG course, which through, it's, it's called uh, LEAD2. But before you take LEAD2, you need to have a cardiac arrest management basic course, which goes over like chest pain, ECG interpretation, kind of goes over the life pack, um, code blue and airway management, um, kind of the nurse's role in that. 
And then there's the Cardiac Arrest Management Advanced. And that one goes over the same thing, but goes into a little bit more depth. And that's what they say, um, my employer, can you, you can use those two courses instead of ACLS. Okay. Because they're currently not um, funding for ACLS anymore. So I have my Cardiac Arrest Management Basic. I don't have the Advanced. But once um, you have the advanced, you can take the lead two course, which is also a little bit further in depth on um, ECG reading and kind of what's going on in the heart during cardiac events. And then once you have those, and I believe you need to have your um, trauma 101 course. Mm -hmm. And then um, you can start working in that area. So I have a majority of the stuff done and I have also done ACLS as well so to work in that area just because you do like in the one department that I work you do a lot of team nursing although you have your own assignment mm -hmm. whenever you have a free chance you're helping somebody else so that means you're if your patients are all stable and you have no you've processed all your orders and just kind of at a standstill maybe some of your patients are waiting to get admitted and the bed's just kind of being taken up then you're helping in the trauma room or we have two, like two sets of cardiac beds. So it's quite busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so are all of those courses created and offered through your employer? Or are those things you have to go external for? So I'm wondering about accessibility to the courses and how often they're offered so that you can advance through your career. For sure. So uh, majority, I would say about, hmm, 90% of the courses to work in Emerge, you can do through your employer and you can use paid education for with my employer anyways. Um, but if you wanna do advanced cardiac life support, which is the ACLS course that I was talking about, yeah. that is outside of the um, employer. So they don't offer that course anymore, they were. And in fact, LPNs used to not even be able to take the course. So that's come a long way. So LPNs are now able to take it. And I had it before I even worked in the emergency department just to learn because I was working as kind of an extra set of hands at the one hospital in the emergency department, not per se scheduled over there. Um, and just to know what's going on in the situations when you do have a cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. that course is amazing. So again, that's ACLS. Yeah, it's a very intensive course. I used to teach that course. And oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a challenging course to coordinate because you need to have a medical director, a course director, you need to have physicians on call or, you know, available. And it's a very costly course to run and very intensive, lots of great learning. So now instead of that, I teach ECG interpretation. So for those who are looking to in improve on their ECG, because I find on the floors, I don't think it's just eMERGE nurses who need to understand an ECG because on the floors, our patients are getting them daily sometimes for their therapy, sometimes every six hours on the floor, just like they would in eMERGE. And a nurse who's at the bedside looks at that 12 lead and they're just so confused by all the squiggles and they go, I think it's normal. I but still feel that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's fair because it takes a little while to get comfortable with understanding normal versus abnormal and what those um, different waveforms represent. But as their last line of defense between, is this the right treatment for the right reason to the right patient? Understanding an ECG is so vitally important because atrial fibrillation is one of the most misdiagnosed by the machines. Like 20% of the readings are inaccurate. So we really need to be um, brushing up on our skills. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I'm really excited to hear you taking these courses and all these um, different levels of learning. And I'm assuming it's probably this situation with your grandpa that spurred you in towards the cardiac, or is there another, um, something else that's moving you towards that type of nursing? Yeah, actually, I wouldn't actually say that that was even part of my grandpa's situation. I really like cardiac stuff. Um, I find that when a chest pain comes into emergency, it's such a challenge because you want them true, like if it's a true, true heart attack, mm -hmm. you want them in and out and treated in a rural department. We do not have the resources to completely treat them or we need to get them to the cath lab. So you kind of figure out what's going on and you send them away. So what I, I, what I love about the LPN's role is because we can start like with the protocols. So like initiating the IV, um, doing vitals on both sides, um, like a blood pressure on both arms, just, and then starting to help lab, get the blood work, stuff like that, which is super, it's, it's a challenge and you want to get them out fast. So that's kind of what I like about the cardiac. And then just learning, like when you take the ECG courses, it teaches you like where the problem is in the heart, whether it's their left coronary artery or whatever. So then you can, it's so you just learn so much and you're like uh oh like this isn't good and just trying to keep the family calm even though you know the physician's not there yet or whatever and you you think this is not a good situation you don't have the blood work back yet but just trying to keep everybody calm and let them know that we're there to help them is what I love mm -hmm. and now you've mentioned a few times now about the difference in resources from rural to urban and I don't think that's a surprise that a rural facility won't have a CT scanner or an MRI machine or a surgical suite. So we do have to send patients out. Talk about maybe some of the methods that people are transferred by, like the, is it by ground or by air and kind of that process you guys have to go through, at least the parts that you've been involved in, about getting a patient from your facility to that next center where they're gonna receive the next level of care. Okay, so we have, uh, with my employer, because we're rural, we, our physicians have a contact line that they can contact and they get um, a direct phone call with a specialist. So let's say if it's something cardiac, they get on the phone with a cardiologist and they get further guidance from them, which I think is the most amazing thing ever because it gives our physicians confidence and that in return gives us confidence. Yeah. And um, so they usually try and get on the phone right away and we start doing everything we can to figure out the diagnostics on our side. And then through that um, contact line that the physicians can call, they have nurses that kind of coordinate uh, transport for us. So sometimes we have to book it on our end. Sometimes they book it. Usually in something with that's pretty critical, they book it on their end. So they'll send either a ground ambulance or they will send a helicopter like STARS. So if it's something really bad, we usually have stars come out, which is a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and packaging a patient up for a helicopter ride is different than a ground transport, especially if there are things like intubations and we're worried about fluids and measurements. There's a, a little bit of a different protocol. I'm not sure if you've been involved with, with getting those pieces ready or not. Yes, for sure. Um, we definitely, there's a lot that has to be arranged and organized paperwork for transport so it can get pretty sticky when all of a sudden you have either like a cardiac arrest and maybe it's successful and we're sending them out for aftercare which is something else um, then 
it's a lot of paperwork and you're really scrambling. I've been in the I've been the report, recorder during code and I have never questioned my spelling so much in my life because you are literally just trying to write and I'm like some of these meds I had never heard of at the time and it was they usually say that somebody with more experience should be the one recording but I certainly learned a lot and they were super helpful my coworkers, so it was really good but then I quickly had to figure out how to spell those meds and fill in the blanks because some of them I didn't even attempt to spell I just put the first letter and then you quickly photocopy it and all your nursing notes and everything you recorded are going with them and so you hope that the city hospitals when you get they get the patient don't judge your nursing notes too bad because half the time you're completely understaffed in rural or there's not enough resources so yeah I always wonder what the city nurses say when they get our, <laughs> our patients well it's not even that you're understaffed sometimes you just have to do multiple roles because as you said there's no physician on staff 24 7 so you're waiting and so you're mm -hmm. taking more of a leadership role and you're getting things done and as you know I teach CPR and I always tell people when it comes to a code the documenter is the the last role I would recommend anybody take is they're learning all the different roles from compressions to airway to medications because it is such a chaotic role. <laughs> it is so chaotic and even just the guidance that the recorder can usually do is say like okay it's been two minutes since we last gave this medication mm. maybe we should give it again and so like if you don't if you're not like ACLS trained or you don't understand the medications and you're the one kind of watching the clock it's I would say it's better to be experienced in that role for sure. Yeah, and I would agree with you. So there was a time when you had to have two years of working on a main floor before you could go to eMERGE. And I've only been nursing since 2006. And at that point, they were starting to take people right out of school into eMERGE, train them up and work. I kind of had some mixed feelings about that. Now, I'm not sure where you are in your transition, how you got into eMERGE. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, that's... Um, it still is that way to get into an urban center anyways you they do usually specify in the job posting that you need two years of acute care emergency experience which i didn't have actually the reason i went out to the rural hospital was one of my clinical instructors for my lpn had said to me when i asked what should i do for my last final placement what's your best advice i have no idea i originally I wanted to do pediatrics but now I laugh because I'm not a pediatric nurse I deal with it in eMERGE but it's it's completely different and she said you know what pick what's closest to home and that you're most likely to get a job at and that was the best advice ever because I know some of my nursing students that I work with that maybe didn't get in with the same employer that I have currently in their working clinic jobs and um, yeah so definitely if you go for a rural I would say they're always hungry for nurses out there because it is harder for them to find people to come out there. So anyways, that's how I got into the rural. And then to get into emergency, I, when I first got hired, I was only casual. So I started taking all of the courses I could because I had time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily know where I wanted to go with my career at this point. So I thought, well, I'm, I can use some paid education money and just freshen up with my um, education and learn some new stuff and so I did that and honestly that was the best thing ever because when I decided like a year into my career I really like emergency I had done all my certification courses to make that step and I actually got hired without the two years of experience so that was super lucky but only because I did all of those. 
That's amazing. And what I liked about that is that while you were doing those courses, you were kind of starting to feel an affinity, like an enjoyment in those areas that kind of, you know, like you mentioned, you thought you wanted to be a peds nurse, but through this transition phase, you're recognizing that maybe that wasn't truly what exactly. your heart was. <laughs> and you found Emerge, which is one of my favorite places too. So <laughs> I'm a bit biased Work. towards it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so after a year you got into Emerge, you've been working rural and now, and I know that a lot of students often ask me as well what they should do, which is kind of what started this podcast idea is because I do get a lot of emails and texts from students that I've not even taught, but that my name is just still around Northwest and, <laughs> and so I'll get some emails and say, what should I do? What would you recommend? And I always tell them rural nursing. Like, I don't care what you want to do as a base, but Rural nursing is a fantastic opportunity because you will see every age, every stage, every, like you have potential to go from birth to death, from baby to geriatric, from acute to chronic and all those things rolled up into it's one day. It is so true. Like I can't even begin to explain, even in the one hospital, it's only a five bed emergency department where I work and we've done a delivery of a 22 and a half week old baby and just mm -hmm. even seeing, um, process and how the NICU team will come right out to your hospital it's pretty amazing and then also I deal with like assaults which there's like stabbings in the chest and you have to help with putting chest tubes in um, cardiac arrest um, another one that I really like is procedural sedation uh, that's I think super cool because you're basically putting somebody um, kind of asleep while well, you do a procedure and just in an emergency department, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You are an ICU nurse in the making. Emerge and ICU go very close together, very different nursing and I've done them both. Um, but I can see ICU in your future just listening yeah, to you. I so. I really, it, it's the stuff I really like and it's just because you learn so much. Like you are never gonna stop learning in nursing in general, but I find in emergency you're constantly seeing things that you have never seen before and you just gotta you just gotta do it. There's no time to quickly look things up sometimes. You just you need to step up to the plate and mm -hmm. pick your um coworkers' brains and that's basically the biggest thing is um my coworker recently got a job in the same emergency department as me. We now work at the same two hospitals and she's experienced something that she's never experienced before. And I said, but think about it. The girls that you were working with or the males, they have probably experienced it and you can pick their brain. She's like, I did. And so that's another thing too, is don't be afraid to ask them questions because the emerge nurses who have worked for years, they've probably seen what you're dealing with before and maybe you haven't, but they're more than happy to help. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that stands out to you as a real significant experience that has kind of shaped how you nurse or um, the population you really want to work with. Was there a, a day or a, a patient that really kind of solidified this for you? Well, I think actually the funniest thing ever is, you know, you start a new job and you don't really know anybody and you're kind of trying to find your feet around the facility. And one orientation it was my last orientation shift in the emergency department that I currently work in and I had only been nursing for a year and still only about three years so I'm still new but at a year into my nurse career I was working in an emergency department taking my own assignment um, and we had the code blue go off and an ambulance brought in a female a, a, like in her 50s 
with no history at all in cardiac arrest. Completely, she just collapsed at home. Um, EMS did one round of CPR and they got her back. And as soon as she got into our trauma room, she coded again. And it was an amazing experience for me because I was in orientation still and I was seeing how this hospital now deals with everything. And it's, it is a rural hospital, but in this hospital, we have a respiratory therapist. So watching the respiratory therapist in their role managing the airway was incredible because we were used to, in the other facility, doing that as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, not only do you have a respiratory therapist, we had two physicians in the room and EMS came over to help us with chest compressions and it was amazing. So we actually got a pulse back and the patient opened her eyes. And so we had hope it was, but unfortunately it um it didn't end very well. We weren't able to save her, but that's just kind of one of those experiences that she'll never forget. And it was definitely hard just because there's that false hope when you think you're on the right track and they move a little bit or they open their eyes, but you get a pulse back. But then unfortunately we are unable to save them. But then you've got to think about it because my, our employer was amazing and they pulled us all off the floor in a busy emergency department for a debrief. And they had a psychologist come out from an urban center to come talk to us all, which I thought was amazing. And our manager bought us pizza and it was quite amazing. And the debrief was so great. It really helped with the closure, but also to hearing everybody talk is we're there to do our job and do the best we can. And sometimes the outcome is not what you would hope or expect. And you just kind of have to... Um, sorry about that. Dogs are barking. Somebody else wants to on the podcast. Working in a merge, definitely have to keep in mind that you you were there to do the best you can, and sometimes it's not always. Yeah. What you it want. sounds like your workplace is extremely supportive, and I'm really happy to hear those kind of things coming out of your experiences. That there's people to talk with. There's experience there there's resources, even for a rural facility, and maybe the two rural facilities you work in are a little different in terms of the resources available, but within the team, like EMS coming in and helping you, they're just not dumping a patient and leaving, which they don't generally do, but just hearing you highlight all of those pieces really creates a very supportive and safe environment for people to work in. So for those who think of rural nursing as scary, or you're always alone, there's not a doc, you haven't, I mean, you mentioned that, but you haven't really painted a picture of isolation. You've painted a really nice picture of supportive. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And I, I never feel alone. Like your coworkers, like I said, pick their brain. Even if you have a chance to, like I said, in the one hospital I work, if you're done all of your tasks and you're kind of at a standstill, which doesn't happen often, but then you're helping somebody else ask questions get in there, ask, what can I do? Um, But yeah, pick their brains because they have experienced this before and you might not have. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's. Mm -hmm. So fate fate had its plan and put you in eMERGE and you're really enjoying that and the cardiovascular stuff as well. Is there any other patient population you find yourself drawn towards? Like I know there's a lot you see in eMERGE. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that you're drawn towards any other patient population or is cardiac really the strongest pull for you? I really like cardiac. Um, I really like neurological cases like strokes and um, head injuries and stuff like that too. I find that very, very interesting. Um, At one facility I work, we don't have a CT scanner. At the other one we do, 
but the hours are very limited. So sometimes it's a matter of transporting the patient to a different hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for patients, there's if there's a specific demographic, um, I like working with the um, Métis and the um, First Nations patients. I work in a hospital which that's literally so amazing it's there's always an opportunity to perform education and just being there for them and helping them unfortunately we did have to end this interview early because of the internet and the weather interfering with our signal thank you again trista for sharing the bits that you were able to share with us around rural emergency nursing Thank you for listening to Frontline Nursing. We can be found on Spotify and Anchor for your podcasts. And on NurseMinder YouTube station, you can also get the audio version of the initial interview. Now, if you have a story you'd like to share, please email me at info at Use the headline Frontline Nursing. We would love to share your story.